Welcome to this evening's episode of Atlantic Tales, when we'll meet the young Canadian couple who left the bright lights of Toronto to open their own gourmet cafe and art gallery in Corrifin. Returning to settle in Ireland has been a lifelong dream for Nolan Cramsey, who worked in the hospitality industry in Canada since he was a teenager. Now he and his wife Nada have opened their own cafe and art gallery in Corrifin, the first in the village in several years. The couple met when working in a restaurant in Toronto, and it was there they met Jack Campbell from Corrifin, whose family had run the Inchiquin Inn for many years. The three became close friends, and when Jack inherited the property in 2019, he suggested the couple move to Corrifin and start the business they had dreamed of. Nolan and Nada hoped that their Morning Dew Cafe would be part of Corrifin's revival. My father was born in Belfast and his parents decided to leave Northern Ireland in the 70s to flee the troubles. Um, and my grandfather was a world-class welder, so his trade was able to take him all around the world. They ended up settling in Windsor, Ontario, which is the southernmost point in Canada uh, and is the automotive capital of Canada. So he was able to use his welding skills for one of the big car manufacturers there. So they settled there, and that's where my father met my mother. <laughs> um, so I was born in Windsor, which is about four hours south of Toronto, and that's where I met my wife. I ended up moving up there because um, I had been in the service industry since I was 15. So the trade brought me up there um, to work in some of the restaurants and bars up that way. And uh, we met uh, at one of the pubs in Toronto there. It's also where we met our friend Jack Campbell, who owns the property um, that we're now in. Um, so kind of a an industry where all these fortuitous things kind of came together. Did the family ever discuss Northern Ireland and Belfast, the Troubles, and why your dad moved to Canada? My father was quite young when they moved. Uh, they bopped around a little bit. They went to South Africa first, and then Seattle, then Edmonton, Canada, and then ended up in Windsor. But uh, Irish culture was always a huge part of our upbringing. Uh, my sister and my cousins were in Irish dance, and uh, my father's a Celtic musician. <clears throat> He's been playing music longer than I've been around and uh, he's a multi-instrumentalist, he plays like 12 instruments. So the music was always a big, big part. He plays lots of old classic uh, Celtic tunes, um, a lot of Scottish tunes and songs of the Maritimes in Canada. Um, and he got that from his father. My grandfather was also a quite prolific musician. So we were always taught a great deal about um, our upbringing and our history. And I was fortunate enough to come to Ireland when I was 13 years old with my grandparents to visit my great-grandparents. So they took me on a three-week trip where we did uh, Belfast and up to Malinhead and Donegal and Giant's Causeway and the whole northern section up there. And so, yeah, we were always quite aware of what they had gone through, what they had sacrificed to, to you know, get the family out of that situation. Um, but they were always very keen to um, describe their lives uh, in Ireland and how much they missed it and how much uh, it was very much still a part of them and how much they wanted it to be a part of us as well. So we were lucky that way. And was it something you would have learned in school? If no, no, not much in Canada. You get a lot of American history in Canada, uh, uh, a lot of you know the, the Native American and Indigenous histories there, but not so much Irish. So getting a lot of that and learning about guys like Bobby Sands and the Hunger Strikers and um, you know everything uh, you know with the Easter uprising and things like that so that was my grandfather liked to have conversations with my father over a tea and I would be there as quite a young man trying to absorb as much of it as I could but once I got a bit older 
um, kind of had a better realization of uh, of what that was like for them um, and and how Canada kind of provided them a, a nice landing space for them to be able to raise their family comfortably and so yeah they were lucky that way. What do you remember as a child or a young man growing up in Canada? Canada is very very friendly place I'm sure most people around the world kind of know <laughs> we have that reputation. Very community driven where I grew up as well and so we, we grew up middle class, um, hard-working family. As I say, my grandfather was a welder for the, the automotive industry there. My dad spent some time working in that before he got into graphic design to pursue his artistic interests. And so art and music was all very much part of my upbringing. And just a generally you know, safe, friendly place to grow up. It was pretty much your quintessential North American middle-class upbringing. Very fortunate, very loving family, parents. We have big family, so my dad has four siblings as well, and now they have a great number of children. So it's quite a big Irish family that we had there. And we, we were also right across the river from Detroit. So we had a lot of American influence coming our way. Very friendly place, Detroit as well, kind of gets a bad rap for being a little too rough, but also was a big city that had big city amenities that we could go and watch a baseball game or a hockey game or something like that. So it was, it was lovely. The time when you're young goes by so fast, and you might not realize it, but you know, those were, those were good days in Canada, yeah. What do you recall of that trip to Ireland, your first time visiting Ireland? Um, it was, uh, so we first went to see my great-grandparents um, and they were living in West Belfast um, on Clowney Street. I remember the barbed wire fences and you know the uh, tactical uh, tanks and things that would roll about the streets. So that was, took me aback a little bit, um, not having any of that sort of presence in Canada. But that was immediately washed away kind of with the warmth that the family um, was showing us. Um, they were thrilled to have us there, thrilled to meet my great-grandparents for the first time. And so a sense of, a, a deep sense of family was sort of the first thing that I absorbed when I got here. And then when we took the trip around, it was quite apparent that this landscape is very different <laughs> than the one that I grew up in. Rugged, stunning. We went to Newgrange, we went to Giant's Causeway, and there was, a real sense of just how steeped in tradition that this country is, because Canada's quite young in comparison, and so Ireland had a lot of history to it. Uh, and I remember feeling a bit humbled by the depth and breadth of that. I presume then you didn't think for a moment that you'd ever be back here, living or working. No, 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 no. Um, the the genesis of the idea to move here came about for some uh, some practical reasons, but also some romantic reasons. Um, so before the pandemic, uh, my wife and I were looking for reasons to get out of Toronto. We uh, were looking to branch out, find some property, open up our own place. Um, and uh, we had planned a cross Canada trip in order to sort of seek out some, some new opportunities, some adventure. And then the pandemic hit. Um, so that was sort of taken off the table. But we knew that this place was here. Um, uh, and that Jack had inherited a, a couple of years ago. And so in the back of our minds, this was always a possible option. And when the pandemic hit, we were forced to kind of, instead of sit on our hands, uh, make some concrete decisions on where we were going to go. Um, and so we decided to start putting our focus into this place. And because my father is from Belfast, I was able to get my citizenship. So practical reason there and, and the opportunity here as well being big reasons for us. And aside from that, getting to explore my heritage further, 
and enjoy the country that is Ireland for its beauty and its people um, was certainly a romantic reason to come. Um, so back then I certainly wouldn't have thought so, but uh, it became a very enticing opportunity um, as things moved along there the last few years. Born and raised as you were in Canada, your Irish heritage is still very important to you. Uh, it's extremely important, yeah. I mean, um, as I say, being raised, the music I think is one of the things that has always been a big, big part of my life. And so anytime I hear Irish music, um, whether it's, you know, Raglan Road or any of the classic tunes, my father has a brilliant voice and has, you know, been singing these for so long. Um, it hits me in such a way that no other type of music does. Um, it really kind of connects me to um, the culture here and has always been part of my culture. Um, and so it, it feels very much like a, um, very much like home in that sense and in Clare here we're very much looking forward to the Trad Festival and um, most of the pubs that we've gone to for live music has been uh, it's been a, a sense of a sense of homecoming in a, in a way for me. Well um, there much of an Irish community in Windsor or in Toronto wherever you've lived. Yeah well yeah they say that uh, you know Ireland's greatest expat is its people um, yeah. so they are there are many many Irish uh, around um, a lot of our friends in Toronto and um, and again that's how we met Jack Campbell. There's uh, my grandparents had a few of their relatives who also moved out that way. So my dad had first cousins that were also in Windsor. Um, and I was also introduced to the Irish pub at a very early age to go see my dad play. And so the first jobs that I ended up getting in this industry were actually in Irish pubs. And I worked in several Irish pubs uh, throughout Canada, um, all the way up until my, my move over here. So there's always been a real strong connection between that heritage and the reasons for coming here and tapping into it in, in an extremely direct way. <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk about the more important meeting with Nada later, but the meeting with Jack Campbell. Tell me who Jack Campbell is and what the connection is with Cora Finn. Yeah, so Jack, uh, so I was the bar manager at uh, the pub that I worked at in Toronto and uh, Jack came through our door one day with a resume looking to, to work as you do as an expat and um, he had the skill set certainly of being raised himself in a pub um, and so we had a lot of commonality there. Uh, he's an extremely hardworking individual um, and, and really really sound solid and you know, so we became fast friends, shared a lot of common interests, and uh, he was there for, I think it was about three years. We were fortunate enough to get to spend some time with some of his family who came over to visit as well, so we got to meet his mother Annie and uh, sister Emma and get to spend a little bit of time with them. So getting to know a bit about his background and learning more about this place before we ever really thought that we'd make the trip over. When you and Ada were looking for that place to go and set up shop and set up business, were you thinking Northern Ireland originally? No, I, I mean, I haven't spoken to any of the extended family uh, up that way for quite some time. I hope that that changes in the next little bit. I have had a message or two from some of them who've reached out, but the move here was really centered around this space as a location. And so, as I said, without the ability to kind of go and inspect properties uh, in Canada, um, we didn't want to just sit on our hands. So Jack was able to provide us with blueprints and photos and all sorts of things about this space right at the beginning of the pandemic. And so we had a template uh, from which we could, we could work. And so this space was really kind of the, the driving um, reason behind the move to Corfin. Um, Jack had always spoken very well about the town um, and, uh, and about the region. Again, how much of uh, the trad music scene is very strong here. That was a, a great draw for us. Uh, but the landscape and the rugged beauty uh, being right in the burn 
certainly helped with that as well. And so as soon as we got here, we kind of had an opportunity for a brief period before getting to work where we could explore the surrounding region and we went to the Cliffs of Moher and we, we even Lake Ijequin just up the road here, the walks in this region are absolutely stunning. And so we fell in love pretty much right away. The premises then where you've set up shop, had that been idle, had that been unused for some time? Yeah, so it had been uh, vacant for I think about five years or so. And so the, the former tenants had to do some work on the place and so they, they had removed the bar section to do that. Um, and we're unable to sort of finish with that. So we, we came in and it needed quite a lot of love, um, but the bones um, were solid. Um, and we had spoken to Jack about what Corfin was in, in need of, and he had mentioned to us back then uh, at the beginning of the pandemic that a cafe was really what we were going for. So we came in knowing that we wanted to convert the space as best we could into somewhere for people to come and spend time during the day. Um, we certainly didn't want to compete with the professional publicans in the area, but wanted to give the community something that it very much needed. And so bringing back the building that had been shut for as long as it had been, I think was um, a good call. And, and the community so far has shown uh, tremendous support and appreciation for what we're trying to do and we're thrilled to be able to provide that. Coming up, we'll meet Nolan's wife, Nada, an artist and designer who was born in Kuwait and hear about the hard work they put into opening Curlefin's first cafe in several years. Welcome back to Atlantic Tales. Last December, Nolan Cramsey and his wife Nada Hyder opened their own cafe and art gallery in Corafin after moving to Clare from Toronto. Nolan's father left Belfast for Canada in the 1970s when his family emigrated to escape the Troubles. Nada's family was also forced to flee conflict in her own country. So I was born in Kuwait. Um, that's where myself and both of my older sisters were born. My parents uh, moved there at once they were married. Um, and when I was about a year old, it was actually uh, the Gulf War. And so we had to flee back to Pakistan, which is where my family is originally from uh, so we spent a few years there while I was a baby um, and then uh, shortly thereafter we moved back to Kuwait my earlier years as a kid were in Kuwait my sisters who are a bit older than me both started university in Canada and so my parents thought it best for the whole family unit to stay together and so I was 12 when we moved to Canada to a large suburb right outside of Toronto yeah from there on my high school years were in Canada as someone who was new there I was very much into exploring exploring the city uh, exploring urban life and everything that was new to me uh, so much so that um, all the all of my other fellow students who actually grew up there would come to me about directions on how to take the bus or the subway around because as a new place I really delved into exploring all the new spots so it was actually quite funny how I knew the place better than a lot of these people who grew up there <laughs> yeah so um, exploring new places has always been something that's intriguing for me you don't remember of course the whole move from Kuwait to Pakistan but as a 12 year old the family 
picking up roots and moving to another country. What do you remember of that? It was interesting. So um, as a kid, even my parents were uh, really big into traveling and, you know, moving and exploring new areas was always kind of a part of our upbringing. We traveled to Egypt, we traveled to Turkey. Um, so I was always interested in new cultures and immersing myself in, in, in how other people did things. Um, the move was challenging in some parts, definitely, um, you know, kind of starting from scratch. Even though I grew up speaking English, my accent was very different from everybody. So there was a culture shock in ways that I didn't quite expect. Um, so that took me aback a bit, um, but it was an interesting time. So in Canada at around age 13, basically, so it was grade nine. So I basically I was there for a year um, and it was quite tough the first year um, trying to fit in. Everyone already had their friend circles and their hobbies and everything well established. Um, however, a year later was high school, which is a completely kind of fresh start. Everyone kind of goes to a new school. Everyone's in the same position. So even though the first year was quite tough, when I started high school, um, we were all kind of on a level playing field. I was fortunate enough to go to um, an alternative school, which was basically the exact same curriculum, um, but a, on a very small scale, which um, as someone who was always a bit creative and a bit out there, it was a perfect fit for me. Um, I, I really enjoyed being in that kind of smaller, more personalized setting for school. And I took the role of student council and all that kind of pretty much right away. I really enjoyed the social aspect. I mean, I was always a good student, but definitely socializing and building community was something that was very important to me. Um, we would have a big end of year picnic and that kind of thing. So I really enjoyed organizing those kinds of events. And yeah, building a community kind of fresh uh, was a bit important. I take after my father in that way where he is an extreme extrovert, I would say. Um, so he really enjoys talking with strangers, making new connections. And so I'm kind of half and half. So I definitely get my extroverted side from him. I have no problems talking with new people, finding out about them, their histories and that kind of thing. Very interesting to me. So Nolan and I worked at a uh, gastro pub in Yorkville, which is a nice neighborhood in Toronto. He was a bartender. He was the lead cocktail bartender and I was a waitress. So we had a working relationship and we had a friendship as well before we got into a relationship. So a, a really nice foundation there. Um, we knew each other quite well before we decided to pursue that. And yeah, he just, he made really delicious drinks and you know, we used to always chat and during our shift and and then after shift, let's say we were both done a bit early, we might catch dinner or, or a couple of drinks or something afterwards. And so that kind of flourished, um, I think a few years, a few years after we worked together, it was definitely not right away. And soon after I had left to start working at one of the art galleries that was uh, in the same neighborhood actually. So um, then um, that was early in our relationship and after my work shift at the gallery, I would pop by and, uh, for a drink and a hello. And that was kind of early days of our relationship, which was lovely. And uh, it was a, a really nice group of staff that we had there uh, working together. It was, a, it was a chosen family, so to speak, as we all are still very close. Um, a lot of us have had hardships in our lives um, and 
been there for each other through and through. And that is also where we met Jack Campbell, actually. So he knew us uh, as individuals. He knew us before we were in a relationship um, and we all had a friendship and he was witness to us uh, beginning our relationship and all that. So our friendship uh, between myself and Nolan, but also with Jack Campbell goes, you know, really far. Seeing each other in all kinds of ways. Yeah. <laughs> Moving to another country is difficult enough, but relocating across the Atlantic Ocean to begin a new life and business takes courage and determination. Nolan and Lada were committed to making a success of their new venture and put a lot of thought and work into it and both were more than ready for the next chapter. We were already um, getting ready to pack up and leave our apartment in Toronto. So we'd been there for, I would say, I think four years or so. We'd lived in the same little apartment that we had made into a home. I had lived in Toronto for many years. Um, when I was in university, I moved out on my own and had that going on. So we were already emotionally uh, prepared to leave the city that was already in place. I feel like it wasn't too much of a shock or anything. It was something that we were pretty excited about. Uh, when I was in university, I had spent a year studying in Florence. I studied sculpture um, at OCAD University in Toronto, which is their main art school. Um, and they've got a campus in Florence, Italy. So I had gotten a really nice taste of, of European life and how um, you know art and culture is very much appreciated here in in kind of just a different way, the history that's here as well. Um, so I was eager to move to Europe, um, not just to immerse myself in European culture uh, and art, but also the accessibility of getting around. It's very easy to take a quick flight somewhere and you know go to an art show that you're really excited about and or even participate in art events um, all around Europe whereas in Canada um, it's really hard to get around and also very expensive to get even just from one city to the next let alone you know uh, to another country so being um, involved in those different cultures was something that we were, I was anyway, very excited about uh, moving here. Um, again, I like new places and I like exploring and I like immersing into uh, other cultures. So it was mostly a very exciting uh, endeavor that we knew we were going to embark on. What do you remember of your first day walking in that door? So one of the things I said, and the guys here were laughing so hard, we tried to cross the street uh, just to get to the pub to have our first pint of Guinness. We were so incredibly excited. Um, and it took us, I would say, a few minutes. And I said, wow, the traffic here <laughs> is, is really something. And they just started laughing so hard. But it was an honest comment in the way that I thought we were moving to a really small kind of sleepy place. But really, there are a lot of people that go through here. It's bustling. There's, you know, even at nighttime, you can hear music from across the street there from the pubs. You can hear people walking around and it's very vibrant. Um, whereas in Canada, I'd say when you go to a small town, it definitely is quiet and, and kind of, you know, um, so yeah, I was, I was very excited to see how many people were about, how much buzz there was going around. Um, when we first got here, when we first walked in the door, we were just really very excited. Uh, we went into the back, had a, had a small snack and a drink out back with the view of the river and everything. It all just kind of 
became reality all of a sudden an area and um, a place that we'd seen so many pictures of we'd done uh, the Google Street View of Corfin back and forth up and down the one street that there is here so to be here in reality was really very exciting um, not just a cafe there's more to it than just a cafe what exactly is here Nada? we are an art gallery we're a gift shop we are a cafe uh, showcasing local produce basically we want to give a place for the community to um, not just meet but also have a place for the community to show off what they're up to, uh, what they're working on. Um, the pandemic was um, a time when everybody started working from home, um, including many artists. A lot of shared artist studios became home studios. And as, some, as an artist myself, I really enjoy working from home. Um, you know, you've got everything there when you need it, when you feel the creative urge. However, what you do tend to miss is meeting other other artists, bouncing ideas off of one another, having an honest critique with one another. Um, and so that was part of the uh, concept of, of this place, was a place that creative people can meet and just see what others are up to, share their work. Uh, we also want a place where they can sell their things, showcase what they're working on behind the scenes um, for the community to see, but also for when visitors come through Corfin, um, they can pick up a genuinely made piece of the burren, you know, someone who lives here, who um, interacts with the land, created this work of art, it's, it's authentic. And so um, they can take home a souvenir that is very honest. While Nada and Nolan were both ready and excited about the venture ahead, it wasn't so easy on their families seeing them jet over 3,000 miles across the Atlantic to Ireland. Uh, my family um, were excited. Um, I, don't, I wouldn't say they were nervous. I think they were just sad. My mom obviously very sad. Uh, my sister uh, currently lives in New Zealand, which is very far away from Canada. Um, so she was, you know, you know, she just wants her whole family together all the time um, so she was a bit you know um, uh, nervous about us kind of all being all around the world um, but generally very excited um, my parents had spent a couple nights in Dublin while they were on their way into France on a vacation and they absolutely loved it it was probably one of their favorite parts um, it was just a short time but everyone was so warm and friendly and they just had an absolutely amazing wonderful time just a short trip really um, so they were excited because they knew that Ireland would be a good fit um, and um, I actually have an aunt who lives in Melbourne Australia but she's spent a lot of time in Ireland she used to do golf tours here um, and she has some really really great friends who have become her family um, and I broke the news to her and she was over the moon delighted um, she was you know I'll definitely come visit you can't wait it's gonna be amazing you have to meet my friend that kind of thing so I would say overall very positive um, and uh, once I was speaking with my aunt there she 
you know, was like, you have to meet my friend. Um, I looked up where he lived and turns out he lives in County Clare. So in, in a true Irish manner, uh, we actually haven't had a chance to meet just yet, but soon I'm sure we will, but he's living in the same county. So she uh, was here in December um, for a vacation and actually drove by Corfin and drove by the place just so she, cause she wanted to see where we were gonna move to. So she was here before we were just to scope it out for us a little. <laughs> she was so excited, yeah. Mother was sad, uh, for sure, um, but overwhelmingly positive. I mean, I think leaving Toronto and leaving a lot of our friends was extremely difficult, but there were a lot of our friends that actually had already made that leap uh, before we did. Um, the pandemic was kind of a catalyst for a lot of people to start uh, seeking out um, cheaper property costs and rent prices um, as they were skyrocketing in Toronto. Um, and so they moved to smaller towns outside and into some of the maritime provinces. It was not uncommon uh, of a thing to have happened. So we thought, well, um, we might just do the same thing. And so um, people were some skeptical uh, about, about making such a, a big leap with taking on the risk, especially during a pandemic time to open a business. Um, but most of them were um, incredibly supportive and uh, just you know, sad to say your goodbyes because it's quite a far journey across the ocean there. Going to another country to set up a business is not easy. Your citizenship wasn't an issue, so you could come and work here, no problem. Yeah. But what were the other processes? What were the other important things you had to do before you could come to Ireland and start a business? Right, well, I mean, uh, a big one was uh, us getting married um, just before coming. So as soon as I got my citizenship, we, we uh, applied for our, our marriage um, so that it would be easy for Nada to be able to um, naturalize as a, as a citizen. So that was sort of step one. Um, getting all of the documentation and paperwork for our dog to be able to come across uh, safely was, was also tricky. So we had to make sure that the family unit was going to be able to make it across with no problems with the paperwork. Um, and from that point on, we really were fortunate to have someone like Jack um, and have a, have a space to be able to land. And, and we, again, we had already done that work leading up to the move um, in terms of uh, knowing what kind of business we wanted to open, knowing what licenses we would need to get, knowing where we had to look for what we were going to need. Um, and so I can imagine that moving to a new country to open up a business without those kind of resources uh, would be super difficult because it was tricky for us even though you know we had that foundation. Um, things like in your PPS numbers and you know a lot of it was sort of chicken and the egg scenario where you needed one thing to get another thing but you needed that other thing first. And, but yeah, as I say, we, we, we were fortunate to have a, a, you know sort of a security support net when we arrived and that sort of made all the difference for us in the beginning. Coming up, We'll hear how Nada and Nolan have settled into their new home and business and what the future holds for Morning Dew Cafe and Gallery. Welcome back to Atlantic Tales. Nada Hyder and her husband Nolan Cramsey opened their new cafe and art gallery in Corifin in December. The young Canadian couple had been planning their move to Ireland for some time and put a lot of hard work into getting their new business off the ground. They had hoped they could open earlier, 
but when this wasn't possible, they didn't let it get them down. So when we first got here, it was in March, and we thought, I guess pretty naively, that we would open in the summer. We really wanted to get some of the summer season in, um, but things just took a bit longer than we had expected. We had some necessary work to be done on the building. Um, so that was just taking a bit longer than we thought it would. And instead of being frustrated about that, we realized that it had just allowed us to really fine tune what it is we were going to be offering. So we started with the decor because that's the fun part. And you know, anytime we got uh, a bit anxious, we would come and just sit in the cafe and just see how cool the space really is and be like, okay, this is gonna work if we just kind of put our heads down and make sure we're true to ourselves. So we just took our time to develop the recipes and the overall look of it. We ended up opening mid-December, uh, so we did get some of the Christmas season in, which was wonderful to be here for the community while people were, uh, you know, meeting friends, meeting family, for them to have a place to meet. That was quite lovely and exciting for us. We kept going back and forth from being really anxious to really excited, you know, which you know you're doing something big when you are nervous about it. You know, you always want to be a little bit nervous. If you're if you're not, then maybe you're a little too confident. That's when you make a mistake. You want to just always be a little, you know, humble anyway. We knew that all we had to really do was open the doors um, and things that were maybe a bit of a question would fall into place after. Um, since we've been open, we've made some wonderful community connections. Um, a lot of um, artists and musicians that we've met. Uh, we are gonna be participating in the Trad Festival that's coming up. So a lot of that has happened only since we've been open. So we knew we just had to get the foundation established and once that was done, everything else would kind of fall into place and grow in an organic way. Taste the flower, stop and stare. I drink a cup of coffee and start to comb and out my hair. I drink 40 cups of coffee. Getting the electrical set up and, uh, you know, getting um, established with our food suppliers and things like that. That was tricky um, because we were so used to having that kind of network set up for us back home. We knew we knew suppliers, we knew you know veg producers and and small independent craft beer businesses and things like that. So when you come here, we really had none of that. Um, that was a bit tricky um, because what we wanted to do was um, try and engage with the local products as much as possible. Uh, uh, local produce, um, local chocolatiers, um, trying to drive what the area has uh, to offer. Uh, because Ireland has a tremendous amount of raw ingredients that is spectacular. You know, you, you've got your meats and your dairies and things like that. So trying to connect with the community that way was uh, um, a little bit tricky just because we didn't really know where to start. Um, but we've, uh, we've been lucky also with a lot of the other business owners on the street who were able to point us in the right direction. We had uh, Mike Hogan and uh, the folks at Bofi's there um, point us to some butchers and the like. Um, so we were lucky to have the community kind of um, point us in the right direction, at least for that. Um, and since we've been open, we've been approached by many a local artisan uh, about um, wanting to showcase their wares in our space. And that was always our hope too, was that we'd be able to provide the space and that slowly people would be able to come to us to help build that, that network for ourselves. How important, Nada, was it that you maintained 
the character of the building as much as possible because it was a business previously, a well-known local business previously. Was it important that you maintained as much of the character of the building inside and out? We definitely wanted to do that. Um, we wanted to have a bit of our own uh, spin on it, but definitely we kept um, all the structural things in place. It used to be a pub that we've converted into um, a gallery lounge, basically. And so um, the back of the bar is still in place. Uh, one of the previous tenants had removed the actual bar top. And uh, once we put the sofa in front of the fire and you know we made it a bit of a, uh, an inviting kind of home kind of atmosphere, we uh, were really delighted with the way that was, uh, but we definitely wanted to keep the stained glass that's um, facing the street. Uh, a lot of the furniture we've used was already here. Um, we just kind of wanted to give it a fresh look, but keep what was already here. Um, in the back area, we have a um, a, a small section which is memories of Inchiquin Inn, um, all the little memorabilia from when the Campbells had it um, as their pub. You know, there's a beautiful painting of what the exterior used to be like. There are uh, some lovely illustrations of the stone throwing competition which was born here. Just some, you know, of the memorabilia that was in the establishment. We definitely wanted to keep that. Um, as, as a part of what what we are today we don't we don't want to shy away from that and then uh, recently in the post we got a lovely postcard from the Reedy family who uh, were really kind and congratulating us on our new venture um, and to share that their uncle Tom had for many years I think about 50 years ago or so had this as his pub and his home um, so we were absolutely delighted to get a, a postcard and and telling us a bit more about the history of the establishment um, this is something that's very Irish I believe um, in Canada you know buildings establishments are quite young especially in comparison to here so we were absolutely delighted to receive that note to carry on the history of the place if you're going to open a cafe you come across to me as a perfectionist it has to be right you have to get the coffee right you just didn't pick a coffee at random we did a lot of research yeah so nolan was uh doing a lot of reading about all the different coffee companies that are available all the roasteries that are available we definitely wanted to go irish obviously that was very very important to us um, but also sustainability a company who is very mindful about how they do things was a priority so that was part of the research phase um, and the other part of course was tasting so we would go into Galway we would go into Limerick and we would just go on coffee tasting days and so definitely feeling a bit wired at some point <laughs> um, but um, you know we just tasted a whole bunch of coffees and we found what would work um, in the effort to be local we wanted to um, find somebody who was you know in the west of Ireland and we settled on calendar we loved their product um, we love who they are as, as a business they're really uh, aware of um, 
their sustainability but also how they treat their suppliers so um, they're they just released their uh, financials um, in a beautiful report we actually have some available here if people want to take a look through uh, but they're very adamant about paying their bean suppliers fairly and not just for themselves but they want the whole industry to do so which is why they've been so transparent about it um, it's truly a, a wonderful thing um, we we admire all of their efforts and it makes our lives easier when we go to a, a, a credible uh, company like them because that means there's a lot of legwork that we don't have to do ourselves um, and at the end of the day the coffee tastes absolutely delicious <laughs> um, they are very meticulous about their beans they're inspecting each one um, they've got this laser machine that I'm not sure exactly how it works but we've seen it in action when we visited their roastery and they're very very specifically um, choosing each bean and um, each time we get a new a roast, there's a, a minor adjustment to the recipe. So they're very uh, meticulous about how they do things. And we just have to follow their recipes and do what they, they tell us. And people are loving the coffee, so we're pretty delighted with that. You drink your coffee and I sip my tea And we're sitting here playing so cool thinking what will be, will be. How easy was it to settle into the community? Really quite smooth. The community has been tremendous in welcoming us. So we're very, very grateful for all of that. As I say, local business owners on the street were very welcoming and very willing to provide help and support. But the community at large, um, as we've got to meet many of them over the course of the last month that we've been open, um, has been tremendous. Um, so many interesting characters, so many friendly faces. So the integration was really as smooth as it could possibly be. I mean, we, we, we did our best to try and meet as many people as possible, but we also were very much head down trying to get this place open. And so we look forward to being able to engage with the community more as things go. Now that we've got this space set up, it's going to be more community events that we're going to be hosting. Um, we've got the Trad Festival coming up in March, so we're going to be engaging with them there. And we look forward to all the opportunities because it's been, as I say, a tremendous amount of support. And so we want to give back as much as we can. So it, it has been very, very busy. Have you had a chance? Have yeah. you had a chance to indulge your love of Irish music and maybe have a pint? Oh, absolutely, for sure. Well, we got here, uh, it was almost a year ago now. We got here at the beginning of March. And so St. Patrick's Day was, you know, was within our first week of being here. Uh, and so we were in Galway that day. Um, we went out to the cliffs and uh, spent the day there and bopping around from pub to pub and pint after pint and song after song. So um, we really got a chance to engage straight away, which was fantastic. Um, and uh, we've been head down really working away at trying to get the space set up but we have had opportunities to um, go out explore and uh, and try and you know engage with as much of a uh, pub scene as possible to take in as much of that music and this area is uh, tremendous in terms of being able to boast its musical talents and uh, we've got the place right across the street that has live music uh, every weekend basically so we we just walk out the front door and it's already there. <laughs> now to open about five or six weeks at this stage, what is the plan for our morning Jew? 
We're um, looking to grow the art community. We've got an artist who actually rents one of our rooms as her studio. So we've got our first artist in residence, which we're absolutely delighted for. We're gonna be showcasing more local artists and local products. We want to be a place that people, anytime they're looking for a meaningful gift, whether it's a birthday or anniversary or whatever it is, they can come here, they can pick up something that was made by somebody who lives here, someone who will definitely appreciate a little sale made, something that's meaningful, handmade. Um, these things are very important to us. We are doing uh, gift baskets coming up soon for Valentine's Day. They're all gonna be local wares. Um, or some stuff that's not made locally is in uh, an effort to promote sustainability as well. Um, that is an important aspect to our business. Um, so we want to just kind of be here for people in a way that they can utilize um, what we have to offer and um, be reliable in that. It's a space, of course, that hasn't been available in Cardiffin for a few years. Yeah, so um, there isn't really a daytime space to kind of hang out and meet. Um, community connections, family connections that happen here are really exciting for me because that's what I wanted the place to be when I had the idea way back when. Um, people running into one another, uh, running into family that they haven't seen in 20 years. They only recognize the face maybe kind of. And so they ask, you know, are you so-and-so? Oh my gosh absolutely delighted for connections like that to continue happening um, so we're definitely going to grow um, in that respect where we just want to be a place that people can meet um, we've got a bit of a space out back um, and a beautiful view of the river Fergus so we are going to be growing the outdoor area with some seating uh, once the weather becomes nicer we've got um, uh, a, a garden and a polytunnel. So we're gonna be um, trying to shape our next menu changes so that we can incorporate things that we've grown ourselves. Um, making a homemade menu is something that's very important to us. Our breads, our cinnamon buns, our all of our sweets are um, either made in house or made very locally. And so growing our own vegetables and produce is taking that to another level and we're very excited to you know see how we can incorporate our garden into the business as well. So what is your day then? Are you up early getting ready for the day's custom? Yeah, so we're just, I mean, we're only about, like you said, five or six weeks in, so we're only just getting into our routine, but definitely we're up very early baking our breads, uh, breaking, baking our sweets. Um, then we get right into our service, which um, is busy, it's exciting, um, especially the lunch rush is quite full in here, which is lovely. And then near the end of the day, we start preparing for the following day, uh, getting the sourdoughs going because they do need it overnight uh, to rise, um, getting any prep done for the following day's food, anything we might need, whether it's soup or chutneys or anything. Um, and then also just catching up on uh, some of those art connections that I might have made uh, while we were open, uh, sending out some emails, um, if I can, you know, uh, rearranging the gallery, for example, putting up new artwork. These are all things I really enjoy. Um, so that's becoming more and more part of the day as we're getting into our routine, um, showcasing the artists that we um, 
that we represent, uh, maybe making some social media promotions about them to share who they are and you know what, what inspires them and that kind of thing. How did you settle on the name for the cafe and gallery? We had lots of different ideas. We wanted to um, we wanted it to feel um, a little bit Irish, but we also didn't want it to seem like we were pretending to be something we weren't. So we had a few ideas and we were kind of bouncing around. We wanted it to also be personal, but we weren't, we didn't we necessarily want to put, uh, you know, our last name on the business or anything like that. Um, so we were, um, juggling with a few different ideas and then suddenly you know I just kind of I wrote down morning dew um, and Nolan looked at me and he said oh yeah that's perfect because uh, my name nada in Arabic actually means dewdrop um, dew is a very Irish thing as well <laughs> so that worked out um, a lot of people really like it morning dew is just positive and you know light and the kind of energy we would want our atmosphere to feel like something bright, feel fresh in the morning. It all just kind of fell together really naturally.